Hello, this is Gail Hoffer-Loibel, and I'm with my mother, Ann Wax, and this is Mom Around the Corner, and we are on episode two. And for tonight's episode, we will be discussing parenting in different generations and answering the question, when was parenting easier during my, uh, right now during my time or during my mother's time? So I'm going to start out by asking my mom if she felt that she was judged for her parenting skills when she was a new mother. Ann, would you like to share any stories about how maybe you might have been... Uh, I was actually come to think that I was always being judged. I was being judged with my parenting skills because I allowed the children to sleep in bed with me, and um, that was frowned upon. But I found, again, it was easier for me to have that done, and I can truly say that nobody sleeps in bed with me now, so I guess uh, they passed that stage. I was judged as a Well, my mother-in-law judged me because I didn't demand as much as she did from her children to do schoolwork. And then when I was also judged because I felt that children had feelings and if they didn't like someone or didn't want to give someone a hug or they just didn't have a good day, I did allow them to voice their feelings. There was a time when you were a child, this saleswoman came over to you and said something to you, I don't even remember, and you did not reply to her in a very nice way, and she turned to me and she wanted me to reprimand you, and I just didn't say anything, and she was very disappointed. I was always getting thrown out of libraries because the kids, no, you kids were not disruptive children. Uh, You might have been noisy, but uh, somehow maybe I was the one that made more noise than the kids, and I was asked to leave a couple times from libraries and so on and so forth, but I uh, I didn't take it personally because I always felt that this is the future, and children do have the right to express themselves. They're human beings. I don't. Exp- I did not like misbehavior. But if a child said something and things were not right, there was a time when you said, Gail, when you were nine years old, I reprimanded you, and you told me how you hated me and you wished that your father never married me. And I think your father was ready to do a bit of reprimanding, and I just turned around and I felt that you were angry and you expressed the feelings. And afterwards, I made you write a letter of apology to me because I wanted you to understand the behavior. But again, I felt that as a child, you, you know, you were, you know, you could voice your feelings. Again, this house was not a democracy, but, but in a way, you know, as you know, you are part of the household, the children were, and they, they had feelings. It sounds like a lot of the, the things that you felt maybe judged for are very similar to what moms are still very similar to what moms today feel judged for, you know, going to a store and your kid acting out and people critiquing how you handle their behavior. Some, you know, sometimes people even going as far as suggesting that you know maybe you should hit your child or do this or that. Um, so this oh, a lot of people always told me how right. I hit my well, kid. that hasn't changed much. So I think, and just um, you mentioned being judged for maybe having the kids sleep in bed. I think that still happens as well. So I think it goes to show that no matter what generation of parenting you come from, people always have differing opinions on what you're doing right or wrong. You see, I never really cared whether I did things right or wrong. I always felt if it was true to myself, and I never even worried about it. I find with the younger generation now, parents are afraid that they're going to mess up children, that they're going to mess them up, or they're going to be going to have difficulty in their life. And I 
never felt that. I always felt that if you give them a, a basic type of atmosphere, in a sense that a safe atmosphere and boundaries, I find that new parents don't give their children boundaries. And so I let people express themselves, but there were boundaries. There was respect. Uh, I remember one time people, one of you started calling me Anne and that did not fly very well. No, I don't even feel good doing that now. It feels very weird. It must've worked (laughs) because I just, I don't feel right. So do you think that my generation, maybe the way we approach parenting, do you think that has a lot to do with maybe this day and age, there's perhaps less community in parenting? Less people invested in other people's kids. I mean, I remember back in the, it seems like, at least when I was growing up, that like the whole, almost like the whole community was sort of involved in, in the raising of kids, so to speak. Not maybe not directly. I mean, obviously the parenting, the parent was in charge, but I feel like everyone's always worried about interfering so much nowadays that it's, you know, nobody. Well, that's true. Uh, When I took one of your, uh, when I took one of your sons to a library, I was watching him one day and he was minding his own business and this other child came along and took his block away or something of, of some nature and I told this child I actually tapped him and I told him to leave your son alone and then the father comes along and tells me don't touch my child and I understood well don't touch my child back in my day with your ch- your children of course you're not supposed to touch a child or hit a child or anything like that but if a child has his back turned towards you and you want to face that child you 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 were trying to get his attention attention. and what happened was and the father you know said to me don't do this and a b and c to me and I just told him again and I said to him I'm a grandparent and I don't know the proper protocol and you know and just tell you know get your child away from my child so either somebody's going to have to do something. So the point of the story was uh, he was taken aback because I really didn't care what he thought. And the protocol was don't bother my child. If my child's not annoying your child, leave it alone. But I never liked an adult interfering with my child. I don't mind an adult saying to me what's going on and then let me discipline my child to talk to my child because the discipline should come from a home and not from a stranger. So you think that if it's you think that the community can be helpful but ultimately it's the it's up to, to the, the parents parent to discipline the child my problem is nowadays with the younger generation they i feel they they have this undercurrent of of making the child something wrong with the child or too much discipline is not good and discipline is a word basically it's structure a child needs structure you don't need a child to be rambunctious and run around or for them to be happy a child there's nothing wrong when i was growing up not that back in my day but being bored was a good thing nowadays what i find with your generation it's not good for a child to be bored a child has to be stimulated all the time and yeah a b and c like with you kids you only had one sport opportunity and you didn't have activities all over the, uh, doing everything. You know, there was a day of rest where you rested and there's nothing wrong in, in having that type of scenario because it causes, it, it gives you creativity. You know, when you're bored, daydreaming, nobody daydreams anymore because everybody's afraid that uh, a child's going to be bored. I think the parents don't know what to do with their kids more than anything else. It definitely be tough with the child who's maybe whining and that they have nothing to do. Of and course. I think, uh, you know, our instinct is to just 
all right to make them happy. I think that's definitely... But you see, that's the other problem. And I, I am unusual with that regard. I'm not interested in making a child happy. A child, my feeling is should be contented because happiness is fleeting. So you can make them happy. You can buy them gifts, toys, and take them all over and do everything. But with a child, it's never enough because they don't forget how much you put into it. I mean, they do forget so, like, I took your children to a museum. They had a wonderful time there, and it was fine, it was good. And then they came back, and they were bored, and they wanted me to, like, basically stand on my head. So the point of the story is, it's okay for them to to be bored or sitting and, and doing something, because that's where you learn creativity. A hundred years ago, nobody really cared whether a kid was bored or not. That's true. Well, kids were working and doing more stuff around the household and helping on the farm. It was a lot different role the children had, you know, back in many, many, many generations ago. Um, now we're in a time when obviously children are, are there because to, we want to have, you know, we want them and they want to have kids and they're, they're, their honestly, their purpose has changed. So they're the there to, of children you know, have change. Yes, and not not to sound sort of harsh, but it, it is true. Uh, people did have well, ch- children to to help. Yeah, it was that's why people had a, a lot of kids. It was to well, that's why to you do, were able. To do nature gave you nature gave you the ability to have a lot of kids. The this, the same time nowadays, you know, you have this one precious child. You expect them to be a Mozart and then a Olympic ice skater and a, a, a swimmer and a dancer and, and get great marks and then come home with the, you know, if they have a partner, this magnificent partner and, and everything should be wonderful. And life is not like that. I feel basic. You know, try to raise a, a child who is contented with himself and understand that you don't have to be happy all the time or amused all the time. It makes it a lot easier for a parent. I mean, you just put them in, the, in front of the TV or the... Or the iPhone or hand them a cell phone or all this other stuff. But you know, in, in the human nature is sometimes it's good to stand still and, and, and to learn to daydream and to think about things, which I don't think children do anymore. I would probably agree with that. I, I'm trying to be better about that with my kids. I think, I mean, my kids definitely have more entertainment than I did growing up for oh, sure. Oh yes, well, I made sure you didn't have any No, we had basically nothing. I had no cable. I mean, nothing. Yes, I was deprived. That's um, right. But I I think apparently speaking my kids are, you know, they're somewhat in the middle. I mean, I'm not, you know, I know there are some families that do absolutely no technology, no nothing and some that do everything. I think I'm somewhere in the middle, but I am Trying to encourage more thinking. There's nothing wrong wrong with technology. There's nothing wrong. See, I'm not against technology. I think technology is is important. And there's nothing wrong for a child to to have that in their life. Even, you know, people say, well, my day we didn't have this and my day we didn't have that. The key here is, is that you have to stop sometimes and let them just sit. Sometimes standing still is a good thing, and I don't think people understand that. Simple things. Uh, I I go to the store, and and I see the games and all this stuff that people are playing. I mean, nobody plays with chalk. Well, they play with chalk, but there's no stickball anymore. There's no... there's, there's just no creativity. Well, I can say to probably why there's less stickball and things like that. We have a... People are afraid of being called up for having their kids outside. That could be another topic for another time, but there is part of that. That's, that is also with my generation as well. I, it's that, again, with going with the being judged and things like that nature, 
is I know that, you know, when a lot of parents make the effort to, you know, let their kids play outside and be free and be creative, it happens more than you, more often than not, these kids are getting, parent is getting called up for having their kid out outside. And I think it's, we're, people were, people, people are afraid that they're going to get reprimanded for, for doing something that is a normal part of of parenting and childhood because everyone is. Part of it is people are judgmental. That's number one. And part of it is you don't want your child to get hurt. So, you you know, you, you're crossing a very fine line because even today, maybe I wouldn't let my children be outside or, or what. I mean, I had the ability to allow you kids to play outside. I was fortunate living in a neighborhood where it was a safe neighborhood. So I can, I can make that call. So there are people that are, are not as privileged as I was to have that type of scenario. So there is a fine line. However... When a kid goes into a store and says, for instance, cereal, or, or my, my pet peeve now is yogurt. You buy yogurt because it's healthy for a child, and then you have all the candy toppings on it. I mean, where does that come from? So, and just say no. And parents say to me, well, I can't say no. I said, why can't you say no to a child? You're the adult. This is your home, and this is your rule. Now, if your child goes and leaves and and goes out and makes his own income and does what he does. If they want to buy yogurt with candy on it, then they can. That's up to them. But this is your house, your home, your domain, and you set the rules. Well, that's funny. I actually did have a similar conversation. Not about It wasn't about food or candy. I remember what it was, but it was my son was, my older son was asking about something that he wanted to do, and I did not want him to do it. So I actually said a similar thing to him. I said, when you grow up and have your own money. Oh, he was asking me maybe to buy some, some toy or something. And I said, oh, so you can buy as many of this toy as you like. So I don't know if that makes my mom happy because, Hey, maybe I did learn something from her, but I no, did, but- I did use that line in that respect about, cause he was asking me, Oh, oh you know what it was? I don't remember. Actually it was about TV. He was asking me about why my husband and I were watching more television than he gets to watch. And I said, when you grow up and you get your own home and you buy whatever TV they have That's at the right. time, you can watch TV all day, all night, as much as you like. So because I, it's not... Because he wasn't thrilled about that, but you know what? Too bad. <laughs> because it's not fair. People, you, you have to be good to a child and you have to you know, love that child. But there are certain circumstances where life isn't fair. And even like buying something for them, there were certain things like I didn't send you to nursery school when you were younger because I couldn't afford it. I have friends that sent you to, they went to nursery school. Now you have pre-K where you don't have to pay for it, but I couldn't afford it. But it wasn't in, and maybe you were deprived, but you didn't know your numbers or letters or anything like that. But so we had to do other things. Was that fair? Was that not fair? Did I deprive you of something? I had a friend that told me that I was depriving your brother from not sending him to nursery school because he was going to do this and left behind and all this other stuff. I mean, it's a call. It's a hard call to make because you want to give your child everything. But, uh, you know, there are things you can't. This is true. So do you think that maybe segueing from that, just wanting to give our kids everything and especially maybe my generation being worried about are kids feeling happy and are they getting what they want? Are they getting everything they need and all that? One thing that is discussed a lot among my my fellow parents, my peers, is this idea of are we not paying enough attention to our children? So I shared a, a post uh, on my Facebook page. I didn't write it. It was someone else wrote it where she commented on 
how her her phone was tracking how much time she was spending looking at certain apps mm -hmm. and she was saying how oh look how much time i'm spending on my phone it means i'm not spending as much quality time with my children mm -hmm. and you know i shared it. i thought that was interesting because it was you know this my generation certainly has more technology as well and we're on our phones a lot more too uh, granted and another another mother commented on how we need to stop obsessing about how much time we're spending with our kids. And she pointed out that in every generation, parents were doing different things, whether it was, you know, knitting or reading or maybe going to do some work around the house or talking on the phone that, that our generation isn't necessarily less into our kids than before. But are we, because I was wondering what mom, what you thought about that. If, if, is, are we less connected to our children? Are we more distracted because of our, the tech that we might have? And is, or do you feel that moms were, cause you even said to me, you, you even said to me, um, how you never played with us and no, never worried about no, that and worried no, about whether well, you were. But I was, you see, the, the difference is when you sit down at, we, you always had family meals. We always sat down. We always had family meals. So that's one. I don't think that really is going on nowadays. The other thing is, is that I was, again, privileged to be home with you when you got off the school bus where there's not, you don't have that anymore. Kids, you have to work. Women have to work. Men have to work. The other part to it is, is that the phone is like, I see, even when you go out to dinner with my peers, people are busy looking at the cell phone. I mean, is the cell phone more interesting than the conversation you're having? And that's where you have to understand that. If your child's talking to you and you're looking at the cell phone, then you're saying to your child that that cell phone is more important. Now, it's true, I always joked about how I didn't play games with you because, I mean, I was inadequate playing games. I never liked, I was always, didn't follow the rules. But at the same time, I was there. And you kids had a sense of security that I was there. And if there was a question or if there was a need, I was there. I wasn't busy looking at the cell phone. I wasn't on the tele or looking at television. So my distraction may have been me doing work and things like that, but I also was showing them how I was living. <clears throat> Being on a cell phone and, and doing and Facebook and all this other distraction is a distraction, and you're actually taking something from society, showing your child that it's more important than they are. If you take something and show, first of all, a child should be the most important thing in your life. I have always said that no child has to be born. They don't knock on on on, the, on your door and say, "Please, you know, I want to be born." It's a it's your choice to to give birth to this child, and that's what I find people don't realize. So. It's up to you as a parent, and I feel overindulgent is also uh, a distraction. And the other part to it is, is that you have to learn to talk to them and communicate. And I, I don't think people do it. You know, like I see parents, they get down on their level and they do an eye contact with a child because you know they communicate and they tell a child, "Tell me how you feel," and just stop talking in the sense that allow the child to communicate with you and, 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 and ask how the day was, but really listen. I find in our society, we're so busy. You have to pay the bills. You have to do this. You have to do that. And then you go on Facebook, you see everything else. And then you go on Instagram and you see, you know, what other people's lives are. And how do you keep up with it? So if you just, again, I'm big on pausing. Sometimes if you just pause and just sit down and speak to them 
like even with a story or read or whatever it may be. Baking. I mean, you kids, you know, I didn't do stories with you, but you always, we always had activities and we always did baking or painting or whatever is together. So yeah, it's true that I didn't do the story, uh, the, uh, games or the other stuff but you had other ways of of connecting and being i guess present so, and, because i'm still talking to I you i guess so so i think they they there's a term for that now um well it's not really a new term but that's sort of becoming more in vogue it's and they you know they call it mindfulness which i i know you're well, aware I'm of it. very big on mindfulness. yes and they talk about you know mindful parenting yeah. and being present and being aware of the moments and just sitting down and and having a family meal together where most people don't do that. I mean, everything's takeout and they order everything in. And again, I know it's difficult to, to do this and cooking is a lot of work, but it is important to, to sit down. And it's funny when you went to college and you and your roommate used to sit down and have dinner together. We did. It was very funny. We did. We actually, you know, sometimes we did. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean that did come from our upbringings, but yes, my, my roommate and I, when we were in our apartments, we, oh, we obviously we ate out from time to time like no. college students do, but we did actually make but a point and we sat down, we sat down, we ate and which as I think is interesting as a family. So I did, it's funny. I did take that with me when I was older. So it does, it does have an effect on you. Uh, but I was just wondering, mom, you know, given what you were saying about connecting and maybe people this today not doing the family dinners and maybe not having the time to do it or because of different you circumstances. You still have to make time well, for I was, family dinner. Well, I was going to say... Or lunch. Well, or breakfast. I was going to say, what What other than, you know, the meals, if maybe there isn't a lot of time, like let's say you only had maybe, not most people have more than five minutes. Let's say you only had maybe five, ten minutes to really, you know, be, be with, with your, your child, child and connect. What are some... Well, suggestion you might have for I just still, those like you know sort of brief moments that I to really maximize. Back, I still go back to a meal because meal meals are important. Meals have been going on since since time and before. For, I mean, ancient societies, people sat down to a meal, and you look at the you know any religious group. You have Sunday dinners. You with the the in the Jewish religion, you have Shabbat dinners. In most all religions, you 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 sit in any you sit down for a meal. Meals are a way of you communicating with each other. It is a community. You learn by each other. You are able to <clears throat> take time. You can't eat that fast if you're talking, and you do listen. And when you sit down, it, you know you you understand. It's part of human nature. I mean, as animals, they don't sit down uh, as a as a meal or anything like that. It's part of being a, a human being. And even if you can't cook, you know, you get takeout, then you sit down without a distraction, without your cell phones or whatever it is, or go on a park or whatever it may be. And you sit down and you have a meal. It's part of a civilization. It's part of a culture. Do you sit down and have meals? We, we do. Uh, I try to, you know, get everyone together for dinner every night. Uh, sometimes circumstances make that challenging because maybe life gets in the way, but we do make a, an effort to, to do that. Uh, uh, Friday nights is something that we do and that, you know, trying to, you know, do the Shabbat meal. That's, we at least, if, if not, if at least that, we definitely at least try to get that to be the day that everyone's together. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, um, I'm not saying to do it seven days a week, which would be Well, great. we try to, if one thing that's, you know, one thing that's nice about my situation is my husband and I are both at home and and doing our work from home. So no, we that have, must be, I don't think I could ever do that. No, but we, but the point right. is we have, we have the 
sort of the flexibility to be around more than maybe other parents do. But a lot of times... But even if you can't... Let's say, for instance, parents who are single parents or whatever they are... Even if you can't have a meal in a home. All right, so you go out to a restaurant. That's a meal. But engage with your child with the meal. Engage and, and, and speak and be respectful to the person who's serving the food. Be respectful for the person who, who you know, maybe is sitting next to you. Something like that because you're still, you're still so-called breaking bread. You're still being a, a part of the human experience by sitting down at the meal. So it doesn't, I mean, it's great to be in a home, but some people can't be in a home. So where you are with your child or children or your your family members, wherever it is, understand that this is a very important significance in everybody's life is sharing that meal. So it sounds like it doesn't necessarily matter where you're eating, what you're eating. It's more about how you're being present, how you're connecting with the people around you and using that opportunity to... Learn more about yourself, learn more about your child. and The term is, it's funny, I've been saying mindfulness now for about I don't know, so long. But the term is mindfulness. And what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is to take time and notice what is going on inside you, outside you, and your surroundings. And when you are aware of that, you become more appreciative of what you have and who you are with. And then you form gratitude. So if these are the thoughts you want to leave to your children and teach them this, then the terminology is mindfulness, mindfulness eating, mindfulness exercising, you know, everything can be mindfulness. It's a thought process of, with gratitude. So do you think that your generation was more mindful than this one now? Or do you think that, or is it hard to say, or are we becoming, are we, are we evolving? Or is parenting evolving to be? Parenting has been evolving since the dawn of time. So, and each generation has their own way of parenting. Sometimes it's good. I mean, back in my day with my parents, they used to hit us with the paddles. They used to, I used to get hit with a strap, all these things. And so it's a work in progress because every time you think you got it right, then you realize that, eh, maybe it didn't work the way you you thought it would work. The, The main thing is throughout the generations is to understand that that child is loved and wanted and if you can give that to your child even you know doting on that child and thinking that child's wonderful and even spoiling that child as long as that child knows that they're loved and wanted and respect you as a parent and that's the other thing respect comes into play you have to respect each other. You respect that child, and that child uh, should respect you. And don't let people manipulate you. A lot of children can manipulate because you think this child is cute and wonderful, and, and you, you, you know, this is your DNA. Well, do you think that as a group, not, now obviously every parent is a little bit different within each generation, but just as a human race, do you think parenting is headed in the right direction? Because I know sometimes I hear a lot of from from you know people who were parents a while ago, even from people who were never parents, but just you know maybe older generations yes, where know, honestly, where they where they say that oh kids these days are not raised right and they've like, been saying kids these I mean so that's look, not, that's nothing look, new. Look at the modern teenagers. Like uh, I I was a I wasn't a, in my generation. We had the protesters, the wars. We had all this stuff. Everybody was was doing pot and. And the sexuality was supposed to be rampant. And I mean, what happened? You know, in the in the fifties, we had the teenagers that just came to be. So there's no guidebook. I mean, you can read 
a hundred books and how to raise a, a child and 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 still you know sometimes you scratch your head because you don't know the thing I always say is I don't find children cute I think that's a red flag when you think children are cute especially your own because then there's there's more of a tendency to let things slide let things slide my feeling is again is respect childs have feelings children have feelings uh, but again they should know that that you are the parent and you are there for them and and that they you know have to understand that there is certain rules and discipline and a discipline doesn't mean to be yelling and a discipline doesn't mean spanking discipline means that they know that this is is a safe environment and that they can excel and have your love and your interest but you know again there's there's certain behaviors that is expected of them and that's all and it's basically for their own safety and that's what i feel well i think it sounds like parenting was no harder or easier during any time no, i think the bible with Cain yes, and Abel. right so it sounds like everyone had their 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 challenges they might they might have evolved as technology evolved as different styles evolved but the point is i think parents so just a spoiler it's hard no matter what generation you come from That's and it's going to be hard going forward and i don't necessarily think maybe you know i think just when you're in, you're in the middle of parenting and you're new to it, you probably feel like you must have the most difficult time. And you know what? But I think everyone will bef- before, and they probably will after we are. So everybody criticizes you, no matter what you do. So it really doesn't matter. The, the main thing is, if a child grows up and becomes a, a good person, a good citizen, and it's good for the humanity and, and help people and able to be self-sufficient. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I think the point is, to anyone listening, that if you're worried about whether you're doing a good job, if I always say if you're worried about whether you're doing a good job, it means you already are. Because if you're worried about it, it means that you're at least concerned and you're thinking about it. And that's already, that's step one. So I'm going to say that you're doing a good job and give yourself a break and, and take, you know, a deep take a breath. deep breath and... That's it. Let me know. You can all tell me how it is 20 years from now. That is true. And and then your kids can go back when they're older and they can tell you all their troubles as well. So thank you for listening to Mom Around the Corner. I hope you will join us for our next podcast. And thank you for listening.